When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 248, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with your own podcast. And yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says there's only one person, one person that can judge the quality of your customer experience. And guess what? It's not you. And joining me on today's show is Chris Bell. Chris is the managing director of a customer experience coaching company. And Chris's passion is to work with businesses to develop their team as well as their customer experience strategy to ensure that both the team and customers receive a quality, consistently delivered customer experience and the business enjoys the rewards from this sustainable competitive advantage. Now on today's show, Chris is going to share gaining an understanding as to why our approach to customer experience development has been so successful. We need to listen out for this because we can adopt some of these initiatives in our businesses. We also need to understand why the experience both business teams and customers consistently receive is going to be the number one competitive advantage if you want to move your business forward, as well as how we create business culture that capitalizes on all team members' creative thinking. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks very much, Emery. I love that you're speaking about this. I've been having a number of conversations with business owners uh, across, if we call the customer journey, and around how can we create something that is so uniquely us, our experience that we create, but one that customers appreciate, love, want to share, and therefore we continue to really build a, a culture that not only attracts the right sort of team members, but the right sort of clients who then eventually will become, you know, our uh, super fans, if you will. And I mean, customer experience is so important now, if not ever before, because of the fact that there are so many businesses now and the market is shrinking, if you will, because of the fact that technology allows us to work with businesses across the globe. Um, so welcome. Tell us just uh, briefly, how did you get into uh, to this business? Okay, a little bit of history, uh, Anne-Marie. Um, uh, back in the uh, 90s, I was uh, managing outdoor brands um, here in New Zealand and uh, establishing them on markets around the world. So doing an awful lot of, uh, of traveling uh, to different countries around the world and spending quite a bit of time in outdoor retail stores. Right. And I got bored. 
<laughs> one outdoor store, we call it the world of sameness. One outdoor store looked pretty much the same as, as, as the next. And, right. and there was no difference. And um, I was getting frustrated and, and, uh, and, and talking to uh, business owners, retail owners, you know, can't we do something a little different and, mm -hmm. and make it a little bit different than the last outdoor store that <laughs> And um, that started me thinking um, a, a, about what we needed to do to, to be different and stand out. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but what happened then, because of uh, the growth in, in, um, in competition, uh, and that was, as you were saying, um, was driven a lot by uh, our ability to, to buy online around the world, um, is um, price became the factor. So um, the only way that a, that a retail store could think of trying to attract you in was to offer you a discount. And you know, I remember the days when we first saw a fifty percent discount, and we got so excited. <laughs> and now only fifty percent. You know, yeah. we've we've got over all, all that. Um, so um, you know, um, businesses were struggling to to figure out how they were going to stand out from the crowd. Mm. Um, also, the focus back then was on frontline customer service. What you received at the front counter, and the quality of that, and um, and businesses were uh, understanding that we needed to improve customer service, um, and so what they were doing then was they were sending their frontline teams off to a customer service training workshop, mm -hmm. thinking that that was going to solve all the problems, and that's when I um, I decided that I was going to get involved in, in, in this area, and I started to evaluate. Um, customer experience training workshops mm -hmm. and, and um, the uh, outcomes of, of, of those workshops and um, was a little surprised back then that there were little, they were having little impact on the quality of customer service. There you go. Here in New Zealand, it was driven by uh, a, 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 um, a growing tourist industry. And um, from from uh, the American market and the Japanese market, and they were clearly saying that we had a beautiful country, but we didn't know quite how to look after um, our tourists. Wow! From a customer service mm. perspective, and so, uh, like I say, the uh, the focus then became on front uh, came on frontline customer service. Yeah, I couldn't understand why uh, very good workshops, well facilitated very enthusiastic participants walking out the door and little difference when I evaluated um, what was happening three or four months down the track, very little uh, difference to the quality of customer service. Well, it's incredible. So I'd imagine that there's so many different uh, aspects to that. Let's dive into to some of those things because I think one of the things I love when I when I speak to experts such as yourself, when we look at what was happening in the past, we can see a progression of how the market's changing and, of course, the fact that we are now able to deal with people from different, different nationalities, different cultures, the fact that we need to be aware of what are their expectations when it comes to quality service. We may not even be aware of that and there may be some things we can do differently. What was the biggest finding that you found that was, um, I, I guess, evident that why people were learning things in class and not really delivering in the back end? What were some of the key factors that you found? The key factor when I started to evaluate that, Emery, was the culture of the organisations that they were working in and the level of engagement uh, from those people. They were, they were two. And number three, which is one that I'm coming across every day, wrong person in the wrong seat. Huh. 
Yes. So we had the wrong people uh, interacting directly with the customer. And um, although, you know, you can develop skills, um, it's a little bit more of a challenge to change personalities. Of course it is. Of course if you're not is. a person that loves uh, uh, interacting with customers and are not naturally outgoing, um, then um, I'm still hearing today, and I heard it the comment just the other day, who put that person behind the counter? You know, because okay. uh, there was no smile, there was no interaction, there was no, I want to, I want to look after you. Um, it was really, you know, don't come and annoy me today. Ah, that's so interesting. I mean, as leaders in our in businesses, as we continue to grow our business and have people to be our frontline, if we're sending them to do courses, we have to have a culture that allows them to adopt and change and implement the things that they are learning. And as you say, if we haven't got the right people in the right roles, it's going to be very difficult. Tell me something. I had a conversation with someone it was just yesterday and he was had done a lot of traveling over the many decades he was in business. And he said, even though there may be different cultures and some slight changes, the ultimate thing always relies to the same two or three things. People want to feel heard, they want to feel respected, they want to feel that they have our attention. And that is no matter what culture that you're in. So it sounds like the person who's on the front line has to really want to be there, want to build that engagement, build that connection, no matter where you know, the customer is coming from, US, Japan, China. Is that correct? It's really about caring for the person who we're speaking to. Would you say that's a fair assumption? Absolutely, and once again, that's 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 um, that's driven by a culture within an organisation. Um, so, once again, I have people that are very, very good at the front counter, very good at looking after customers, very good at interacting with people, but are frustrated because they're in a culture which is not um, which is not supporting and encouraging that across the board. Yes, and so that that comes back to uh, you know customer service is a vital part of a customer experience strategy. Yeah. So we've gone from a focus just on the front front counter to um, a strategy which is right across the board within an organisation, mm. and that's what customer experiences all the touch points, all the um, all the uh, touch points that you have as a customer across an organisation. And now with technology, that's a lot of touch points. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. not just the store or the or the, or the, uh, the um, place of business. Yeah. So if, if um, we, we look at a customer journey or a customer experience, some of the things that come to my mind, and look, fill in some of the gaps. You'd imagine if someone is talking to a customer and if the, the culture of the organisation is only spend a minimum amount of time with a customer, don't spend too long chatting, um, that is going to really minimise the ability to provide quality service. There, if the back end, like the, the computer system isn't working to be able to give information to the customer that has to work what are some other things from a business point of view that you you see is not readily available from a customer journey a customer touch point experience that we need to start to change oh the list is the list is endless uh, yeah. Emery, and and um, you know we're having experiences every day and I just had one uh, yesterday with a telco where I waited for 25 minutes on hold um, so we, I eventually got my call answered. I, um, I uh, communicated my, my issue and then 25 minutes later, I had to hang up and, and go to a meeting. So, um, you know, couldn't wait any longer. Um, so 
will I will I stay with that telco if that's the way they're going to treat me? Um, I'm evaluating at the moment because I have choices. Yes. We have way more power now as customers. We have a choice. We have choices, and choice is power. Yes. So you know, I have plenty of other telcos that I can go and uh, talk to. Yeah, about, yeah. About and uh, you know, if you, we often will say that if one person's had an experience with a company, and our company, if we're talking about our company, there's probably other people who have had an experience as well. And then it's really looking at, all right, what what is the reason why that customer was hanging on so long onto the, you know, on the phone? What can we implement to ensure that that's speeded up or sped up, I should say, and uh, not taking so long? So let's talk about, let's have a look at the understanding as to why your approach to customer service development has been so successful. It's obviously working well with the clients. What are some of the things we need to know? Okay, back to the history uh, lesson again. Um, in 2004, when I launched this company, I could not find anyone in this country that could share with me any knowledge of what customer experience was about. 2004. Now we have a title out out there in the, in the work uh, in, in business, a customer experience manager. Yes. So that's a, you know, I, I had never really started going down a track where I couldn't find anyone that knew a lot more about something than I did uh, in, in, in that. And so um, I had to try and uh, work it out myself uh, largely. And uh, so I've made lots of mistakes, um, but, I, but it, it, having made those mistakes, I've, I've put together a seven step strategy, which has become extremely successful. And I'm continually uh, working on the development of, of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Can you give us an overview? You don't have to give us all your secrets, but what are the, if you just bullet pointed the, the, the seven steps, are you able to share that so we have a bit okay, of an understanding? Let me, let me, uh, key. Uh, number one is commitment. Commitment from the leadership of an organization. And um, once again, uh, when I started this business, I needed, I needed some customers. I needed some clients. And so um, I would have uh, sit down and, um, and have a discussion with the leader but I could see that we were talking the talk, but not really committing to what we were talking about, but we were going to give it a go. <laughs> and uh, because I needed the business, I would start working with it, but it always came back to bite me because the team were looking at the leaders saying, we're talking the talk, but I don't think you're committed. And so if you're not committed, there's no way that we're going to be yes. as committed with, yeah. with this strategy that you're putting in place. So, so commitment is, is number one. And I've walk, I walk away from way more businesses um, having had discussions and meetings with leaders because I can see that they are not totally committed or do not have the, the ability uh, to develop the culture uh, because of that lack of commitment that we need in place mm -hmm. to capitalize on what I'm doing with an organization. Yeah. So commitment sense. is number one. Yeah. Um, and then the development and the understanding of how you go about developing a culture within an organization, which is a team and customer focused culture. Mm. Now, back when I started this business, the customer was number one. Mm -hmm. Customer is no longer number one. The customer is number two. <laughs> if you don't have a team that is fully engaged and is ex and is um, is um, benefiting from a great experience, it's highly unlikely that they are going to be delivering the quality of experience that you would like to deliver at the front counter. Mm -hmm. So um, you know um, you know there are statistics around all the time that show just how many team members are not engaged. Yes. 
they need a job and they're going to work because they do need a job and they need a paycheck at the end of the day. But, you know, bring on five o'clock because I want to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you were saying, you know, right at the beginning, we need to get the right people in the right role so we can nurture them up and really from top down have a culture that is customer experience, customer first, all the way through. Well, just another example, and, and I still see it, um, you know, we call it headhunting, uh, you know, where you see somebody that's doing a great job within an organisation uh, as, a, as a competitor and you decide to offer them a little bit more money and mm. attract them over to your place. Um, nine times out of ten when I've seen that happen, that person, if they're going into a culture that is not as good as the culture that they were performing in, they never perform to the level that uh, they were they were looking at when, uh, when they offered yeah huge huge insight there for people yep. yeah look at the culture don't blame the team look no. at the culture and it's so as leaders we can often do that can't we we go often look at what's going on here actually we really need to look at are we creating an environment in which our team thrives because if they're thriving that's ultimately going to impact how they engage and how they relate to our staff uh really important just just moving through on the on, on the strategic side of things um, the other thing that um, I learned as I, as I put the strategy together is the customer is not going to tell you what they need tomorrow mm. by way of an experience. That's not their job either. It's yeah. your job. Yeah, yeah. The business's job to sit down and look at it from the customer's perspective and come up with ways of developing the experience so that the customer comes in and goes, wow, that's never happened before. Yes. That was really great, you know, uh, because that's been um, people walking in customer shoes. Now, we talk about an inside-out focus mm -hmm. where businesses sit inside their business and look at what they are providing the customer. And there's a, there's a, a statistic around which is quoted uh, frequently that says 80% of businesses think that think they're delivering a great customer experience. Mm -hmm. Only 8% of their customers agree. Really? So we call that an inside-out focus, uh, and that's where you were talking about customer journey mapping before. That's where we have to get outside the business mm. and start looking at our business from the customer's perspective. But, you know, we used to have customer focus groups. That's what was happening now when I started this business. Yeah. We would ask the customer what they wanted and what, we went, what, what, what they weren't getting and what they needed and all those sorts of things. Customer won't be telling you what they need in the future. Because they actually don't know. They don't know, yeah. But when we wow and surprise them, that is when it's like, wow. Yeah. I can well, I tell a story um, of, of just going back when I started this business. I was doing a lot of business in Japan. Mm. And I, on one of my first uh, trips to Tokyo, I went into a bank to do a very simple transaction to get a cash advance on a, on a credit card. I, I didn't have any cash and I need, needed some. And um, I was in that bank for less than 10 minutes, and I'd never been into a bank in Japan before. Uh, I'd been into banks around the world before, but um, I was there for less than 10 minutes, and I still remember today as clearly as if it was yesterday how I was feeling when I walked out of the door of that bank. And I was feeling in a city of 13 million people like the most important person in Tokyo. Wow. And I had never had, that was the tipping point for me. Uh, I had never had a banking experience that had come even close to that. And that's when we used to visit banks regularly. Yes, now <laughs> and, we dread um, it, don't we? Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a very simple transaction. And, um, and that, 
that's how they made me feel. Yeah. So, Chris, Just if you the, have a look at that, that fascinates me. It really does. So you were in the bank. Obviously, the the speed and uh, that you were um, uh, managed or, or or the customer service experience. What were some of the other things? If you were to pick out three other things from that. Um, that really made that experience one that you continue to speak about, uh, you know, many, many years later. What would that be? What what really stood out? Um, that it could be done. You oh, could really? yeah. you could make me feel like they made me feel important. Yes. And valued as a customer. Um, and I had never felt like that in a bank before, wow. <laughs> whether I was borrowing money or, or putting money in the bank. Um, and um, so, you know, we talk about um, emotion and we're all emotional human beings, of course, but um, business struggle to, um, when they're looking at the experience they're delivering, to understand the emotional side of it. Mm. Now, I was just doing a journey mapping exercise with a group the other day and we, were, uh, we used a, a, um, our last supermarket visit. Mm -hmm. So I had four teams, broke them up into four teams, and one, one of the people on the team were going through their last supermarket visit. Now, when they outlined that, there were clearly four different emotions involved in those journeys, mm. although they were all going to the same place for the same reason, to buy some goods from a supermarket. Yeah. It's just that they were doing different journeys to the same place yeah. and feeling differently about the journey. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, uh, without going into too much detail, you know, I'm evaluating businesses all the time and I can, I can phone a business up and be, and be a very grumpy customer on the telephone mm -hmm. to evaluate how you're going to handle me as a, a, a not happy customer. Yes. Um, and um, emotionally not very happy. Mm. Uh, and most businesses, do not have the skills to be able to handle that professionally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, if you think back to your experience, that teller, um, obviously the way that he or she um, managed the conversation and just went about providing the service that you wanted and that was obviously in such a way that really felt that they um, respected you and they wanted to, to do the best they could for you. And, and that can be from the conversation that we have, from our smile, our approach, as we're communicating with that other person, I think is so important, isn't it? It all comes back to that interaction. Do you also, if you think about um, customer journeys and, and not having the right team members, is it also that we haven't fully understood the customer journey and therefore the touch points. Do you find that to be true too, that so often there are missing touch points that if the organization were aware of that and had something that would nurtured or validated or communicated with the customer, that that would add to the customer experience? Is that something you're finding as well? Absolutely. And just, just coming, coming back to the strategic approach to that, uh, because um, it, it, as I've outlined, we don't fix cracks. I go into organizations all the time and they'll say, oh, we're not quite sure if we're doing a good job at this, at this touch point and, yeah. and not, not, we may need some work on this touch point. And, and I encourage them uh, to start with a blank piece of paper mm. and not to run around fixing up little bits in here because I see that all the time and all I see is more cracks appearing. Yes. 
I have this I have the statement that we we build great walls. We don't go around fixing cracks. Yeah. So the other thing, the other uh, to, to to the point that you've just made is that very few businesses have defined the experience they're going to consistently to deliver to you as a customer. Mm -hmm. there'll, there'll be random uh, statements that people will give me depending on where I'm talking, who I'm talking to within the organization, but there is not one definition of the experience that we're committed to developing and delivering to our customer, to yeah. our team and customers. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of that's step three of our, our strategy mm -hmm. is we sit down and we define the experience that we're going to uh, develop the rest of the, the experience around. Love that. And that um, definition, and I was in an organization that I'd worked with uh, probably six months ago, mm -hmm. that still comes up first in every team meeting. We're always going back to, this is what we said we were going to commit to deliver. Mm -hmm. Are we delivering that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or how can we improve our delivery on that? Or how can we add even greater value mm -hmm. to that statement? Yeah, that statement, uh, sometimes you hear or read these massive big statements and they're so convoluted, even probably the team are thinking, how on earth are we going to approach that? It needs to be obviously, and I, mean, I love some feedback on this, if it's concise, it's actionable and everyone lives and breathes it, but it's one that is... Um, when I say simple, it's something that everyone can get behind. Do you find that the shorter, more concise, and more understandable, if there's such a word that it is, people can then live that out and, and deliver across all of the touch points? Yes? Yes. And, ju and just, just going back on, on how we, we do that is I work with the development team, and it's not a development team made up of just managers. It's made up of people across the organization. Yeah. That development team, once it's formed, Everyone within an organization gets an opportunity to spend time on that development yeah, team. Yeah. I can't have everybody in the room uh, all the time, but so um, the people that are sitting in the room um, are, are representing the organization across, across the board. The yeah, and, and so that's I've got I think people important. That are packing yeah. boxes in a warehouse on a daily basis, a very, very important job to a customer experience. Yeah. Um, uh, who are on my development team have never ever been asked to be involved really? in, in, uh, in, in that level before, yeah. but they haven't been invited onto onto the development team. I've got people out of administration on that team. Now mm. they are continually saying to me, "We don't have any direct contact with the customer, Chris. What are we going to be doing on the team?" I'm saying you have a vital role to play in the customer experience. Exactly. That the organization is delivering may not be a direct interaction with but you get my invoice wrong as a customer then i won't be a happy customer so that's a very important touch point yeah. uh, within, within the experience oh, you know i that's think why it works so well because yeah. all of a sudden um we talk about breaking down silos yes uh, i'm sure you've heard, heard of that before because i walk into organizations all the time and and um person Person X has no idea what person Y does. Mm -hmm. you know, they, they're over there and we have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. That bringing people in from across the organization breaks down the silos. Yeah, sure does. And I tell you what, I've had amazing input from people who have nothing to do with the customer at the front counter because they are looking at it from the outside 
They're now understanding what happens at the front counter. Mm-hmm. And next minute in that development team, they're coming up with some great ideas on how we can improve experience. Oh, absolutely. And that, that uh, really aligns to the, the point where we said, you know, how to create a business culture that capitalizes on all team members' creative thinking. You know, I, I think as organizations and as we continue to grow, I think everybody, even from the cleaner who, if, if we've got a, a, an office or a, a retail space, Everyone has a vital role. The packaging people, and I remember seeing a movie once where the CEO actually went to the packing room and and watched them said, you know, when we pack our our orders, the way it's packed, because you want a customer who opens the box and everything is just beautiful. That is an experience, and and we may as leaders think, oh, the packing people don't have direct customers. They have absolutely. Uh, you know, an impact on the the experience. So I think it's a great reminder. Everybody needs to have a voice around that table or one person from that team. And then you get buy-in across the organisation and everyone's committed to seeing that through. What's the next point? What's the next uh, strategy point in that? Okay, um, just just back to the duty mapping. Where, you know, the duty mapping is uh, it's becoming very popular. And unfortunately, what's happening with organisations is that uh, we're journey mapping um, and not putting other uh, uh, pieces, uh, bits of the strategy in place. So we're thinking, let's let's just go to the journey and let's identify those key touch points. So uh, just during that process, you know, you prioritise your touch points. There are touch points that are way more important to the customer uh, than, than, than others. And then you uh, develop a service standard against your defined customer experience. Mm-hmm. So this is the touch point. Um, and this is the service standard that we're going to consistently deliver, hmm. which is going to come back to our, our defined customer experience. And then we put a measurement process in place yes. to ensure that, and, and once again, you know, in, in a lot of cultures, when you start talking about a measurement, it means that you're going to be watching me and evaluating me all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that, there's a negative approach to measurement, yes. but in, in the culture that we develop in a customer experience, it's we want to know how we're performing. Mm. And so we need to have a measurement in place to ensure that we are performing uh, to, to, to that standard. Yeah. And so that's where we get the consistency because, as you know, um, we have a lot of inconsistent customer experiences. I can have a great, a great experience one day, but go back the next day and have something totally different. Mm-hmm. The one that I'll remember is the one that was not so good. <laughs> because uh, that's, you know, we think of the negative first. You know, yeah. I was talking to somebody that's just come back from a holiday from a resort. I heard all about the negative experiences first and then finally the positive ones. Yeah. So, um, so you know, that's that that's human nature, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um so, so once we've got that in place, um then we um, then we uh, put a measurement of the total customer experience in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, NPS is what I use uh, quite frequently, but uh, some organisations will have measurements in place already, so we'll evaluate that. And just going back um, to the technology, uh, because I'm coming across that all the time, um, I quote Steve Jobs a lot in the statement that he said, you know, you start with the customer experience, and you introduce the technology where it's going to enhance the experience. Mm. You don't think that the technology is going to be the answer because it's not. And uh, we've got too many people that are trying to uh, introduce technology right across the board, but it's not enhancing the experience. You've got to work out where it will enhance the experience. Mm. You still want to actually, in a lot of cases, and a lot of businesses, deal with a human being. Mm -hmm. Well, I talk to business a lot about let's bring on the robots. 
I said, if I'm going to have a, if I'm going to have a very ordinary experience with a human being, then give me a consistent experience with a robot. Yes. And I don't know if you saw that robot that's, that's, that they've just developed recently that now has body language and facial expressions and tones of voice and yeah. all those things. So yeah. it's starting to get a little bit more like I had talking to a, a human being. Yeah, amazing. Um, anyhow, so um, once, once that, once that uh, measurement is in place, oh, the overall customer experience measurement, so we're measuring service standards and we're measuring the overall experience from the customer's perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, then we put in a program called the Generator Program which continues the development mm. so we never sit down and think we've got it done and have a cup of coffee mm -hmm. it's the question we continually ask ourselves is what else mm. what else can we do to add even greater value to the experience we're delivering to both our team and customer mm -hmm. and that's where the creativity comes into place that you that you mentioned before because the creativity is lacking in business mm. creative thinking is like we all have that ability but we're in cultures that don't encourage you to think like that. Mm. And I see people looked at strangely all the time in, in management meetings when they come up with a little bit of an off the wall idea and people look and say, oh no, where's, where's that person coming from? And, and that's probably the best, the best idea to be able to, let's really, okay, let's just brainstorm around this. Yeah. And just, 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 just on that, um, uh, what I, back when I was developing the strategy, what I decided to do was I decided to bring uh, teams into a, a business that's got nothing to do with their business mm -hmm. and let them loose on developing an experience for that. So mm -hmm. I used to use a restaurant. Uh, uh, so we used to use uh, a restaurant that wasn't used during the day. We would occupy during the day. And the, the job of the team, they were put into a competitive environment. So you were, you were put into competitive teams. So there was a winner at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And you were allowed to come up with whatever dining experience you wanted to deliver. There were no barriers. You could be as creative mm -hmm. as you like. Now, we've all had good, bad, and the different dining experiences. And so uh, I let people loose. I could not believe how quickly those people became incredibly creative mm. and came up with the most off-the-wall dining experiences that you've ever heard of because they do a demonstration of some of the experiences that, at the end of the day and they'd outline it and um, they would be uh, evaluated by a hospitality person and there would be a prize at the end of the day for the winning team and, and um, that got people starting to open up yeah you know and 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 take down the barriers because the, you know most businesses um, you come up with a little bit of an off-the-wall idea, there'll be, there'll be a reason why we can't do that. Mm. Instead of how could we do that mm. uh, within, within uh, our resources, it's straight away thrown out the door. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what keeps us, um, you know, when I talk about um, the development of a customer experience strategy, I'm talking about a sustainable competitive advantage. Mm in a world where there are very few sustainable competitive advantage. We're in a world of copiers and followers. Mm. If your competitor down the road is doing something smart and attracting, attracting uh, a market, uh, increasing the market share, you'll be copying it tomorrow. Mm. In most cases. Um, it's very, very difficult. Culture, uh, leadership, culture and people are extremely difficult to copy. Yeah. <laughs> Almost everything else you do, we can copy. Yeah, that's right. 
this has just been um, incredibly valuable uh, for sure. And I think, you know, sometimes it can be the simplest of things that when we adopt, we adapt and we ensure, as you said, it top down and everybody lives and breathes it. That is something that can never be replaced. It can, it's, it's not repeatable by someone else because, as you said, the studies have shown actual real live examples of when you've taken a high performer out of an organization into a new organization, similar industry, different culture, they were unable to thrive and really continue to deliver at that top, um, yeah, top productivity and, and performance. And that in itself shows, you know, we need to not only implement a lot of these strategies, but say, what are we doing from the culture, from the leadership? Are we creating an environment in which when we do adopt some of these um, incredible strategies you talked about, they're going to really make an impact across the, the board. So important. Share with us, uh, Chris, how can people get in contact with you? What's the way, best way for them to connect if they'd like to find out more uh, about uh, the work you do? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, our website is customerexperiences.co.nz. And my email address is chris at customerexperiences.co.nz. Um, those are the two e easiest ways to uh, to interact with us but uh, and to check out our website and to see the kind of things that we're doing at the moment. Um, um, I guess um, we're also, you know, doing more of what we're doing today. So talking mm -hmm. about it. Because one of the things, just, just, just to finish off, Anne-Marie, that uh, I'm getting all the time from, especially... Um, uh, SMEs, um, small and medium-sized businesses, is that this is very hard. Mm. You know, um, we're looking at it as being very hard to change it, to develop cultures and put in place a strategy. It's actually not that hard. No. Um, and so, um, you know, I just wanted to make that point that, um, you know, you think it's hard looking from the inside, but not difficult at all. And mm. it's a process and it's a journey and it's ongoing. Yeah, it's like with anything, I think, isn't it? When you are trying to look at something and, and implement changes, not knowing the right changes um, and looking at it from a whole, you, you need to break it down. As you say, there's seven steps that you went through and it's not that we're gonna implement and make change all of a sudden, it's something that we need to look at and go right back to the beginning. And often, as you said, and I, I think, this is such a great reminder. We look at filling the gaps, but often there's a, a gap here because something before that or even a couple of steps before that needs to be changed so that this gap no longer occurs. And that's why I think it's so good. Let's look across the board. Let's start off anew uh, with new. And I'm all about uh, challenging status quo. I'd, same old, same old. Who wants that? That next idea, that idea that someone's mentioned that you think, could be the idea that if you adopt that culture-wide is the difference between you and uh, other organisations that are working in your industry. Valuable, valuable, Chris. We will put all of the links to connect with you, to find out more uh, in your website on our show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES248. For now, um, thank you so much. We'll have to get you back and dive in again. I think this is the absolute gold. So often we're looking for the next, you know, shiny bright object and the next tactic, the next whatever. It has to be customer first.
you know, yep. top down from the leadership. It has to, to uh, you know, so you're absolutely speaking my language. And it's the companies, the businesses, whether you're a solopreneur, an SME, or even a larger corporate, the ones who focus first on the customer and the, the experience. If we create an experience that our customers are going to talk about around the, you know, the water cooler with their friends and associates, that is when we really will stand out and we'll continue to build those super fans who continue to talk about uh, our businesses, even if, uh, you know, we're not dealing with them at the moment, but they're out there talking about us. So thanks once again for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks, Andrew. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.